This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 28, helping kids cultivate better self-esteem. Welcome back, friends. We are always so delighted that you are here with us, that you join us week after week. They show up. They keep showing up. That makes me feel really good because it makes me feel like maybe you want to be our friends. Do you want to be our friends? Because I feel like we are friends. We are. Mm -hmm. And we've actually gotten to meet a lot of our friends here who listen to the podcast. Well, not a lot. That's kind of relative. But I'm so grateful that we've had a chance recently to do our first live presentation together. Mm -hmm. That was fun. It was awesome. And I hope we'll be able to do a lot more live events in the future so that we can get some face-to-face time with you guys. For sure. We realize that being here with a couple of mics and a couple of girls is like great. It's fine, but it's even better when you guys are around. So yeah, we are definitely looking to do more of that. Anyway, we are really stoked about this week's topic. It's something that Becky and I were mentioning to each other. We talk about this kind of stuff all the time, naturally, anyway. All the time. The BH team. This is one of our topics that we talk about all the time. Yeah. It's a regular hot topic. And and hot topic in, I got to say this, in an encouraging way. We Mm -hmm. really encourage and uplift each other because that's what we should do as women, as mothers. Um, And instead of just bonding over the the woes that parenthood can sometimes feel to people, right? Mm -hmm, So this is why it's so exciting for us to be talking about it. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. But first, a quick word from this week's sponsor. When we talk about how to help teens rise up to meet the challenges they are facing on the daily, there is no movement I feel more powerfully about than the Do Good, Be Kind movement. You've heard us talk before about Do Good, Be Kind, and we are proud to help them empower teens to discover their power to change the world as they literally do good and be kind. Do Good, Be Kind shares their message of the power of kindness in schools through their growing school program, where they go in and enlist the students in the cause of goodness. They also have a line of amazingly soft and stylish apparel, all printed with the simple message, you guessed it, do good, be kind. We are huge fans in both of our families and actually the whole teams, to be honest. And our kids' favorite is the hoodie. Fun fact, Weston even chose to wear his Do Good, Be Kind hoodie on his first freshman orientation night for high school. And guys, they're even publishing a children's book. So look for that in the near future. We love to showcase companies that are making a difference and the founders of Do Good, Be Kind are a force for good in this world. That's why we've partnered with them to offer a Do Good, Be Kind simple notebook, which you can find in their online shop and ours. You can find out about all the things that Do Good Be Kind is doing to change the dialogue and helping kids join together to change their environments by heading to dogoodbekind.life. Use Becky10 at checkout to save 10% on your purchase. Are you guys ready to dive in? Because seriously, this topic is on my mind, I can honestly say almost every day of my life. How do I help my kids to build self-esteem? I would think that most mothers feel the same way in Mm -hmm. in some way. And everyone has different stages of life that they're in with their kids. But a lot of our listeners are in a similar-ish enough stage as we are. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they are up and coming with kids that are going to be coming into this age of self-esteem getting kind of messed around with. It does get messed around with. And to be honest, 
I have had times where my self-esteem has gotten messed around with. And this is a message that I wish I could have told my 14-year-old self Mm. way back when or my 10-year-old self or 12-year-old self or whatever. And I wish that that self-esteem factor had come into play earlier in Mm -hmm. in my life. Do you feel like, I am asking this sincerely because I don't know, do you feel like this episode that we are just kicking off because you led the content development on this, um, is one that we should have our kids listening to with us? Or is this really most mostly for the parents? You know, I think any episode, I would stand behind any episode we, we do for having like 10 and older listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the Christmas gifting one may want to just <laughs> use discernment. But I will tell you that my kids have listened to every episode of the podcast. Oh, yeah. And this We're family-friendly around here for sure. That's yes. never an issue. This one in particular um, – because I feel like it's something that parents and kids can really work on together. So do you feel like as a, you know, I, I'm just thinking if I were the listener and I hear this topic, I mm-hmm. might be wondering right off the bat, like, should I go grab my kids and have them? Is this something we should listen to together while we're driving around? Because um, you know how sometimes messages mm-hmm. are really meant for the parents to understand right. and process but then they can just implement the things and then share with the kids. You're saying it could kind of go either way. You know, when you're talking about, especially if if you have teenagers, I think we really underestimate their ability to like process and come up with their own thoughts and oh, figure it out. And smarter I just, than we are. They really are. Serious. And so I don't ever shy, shy away from giving good information to my kids yeah. ever yeah. because they can use it. Mm-hmm. They can develop their own thoughts in their mind. And I'll be darned if they don't like say the greatest things and I learn from them. They pick up things I don't pick up on mm-hmm. and that give and take has really formed a relationship of trust with my kids where they know that I see them, I value them, I think they're smart, I think they're intuitive, I think they're worth listening to and and sometimes learning together is a really good connecting activity. I love it. Thanks for letting me throw you off with that question. You never throw me off. It's fine. This is true. I mean, I'm sure you could throw me off. That wasn't a challenge. <laughs> Let me be clear. I can throw you off. Yes. Watch me now. That's right. Watch me now. I can't wait. Let's let's do this because the thoughts I know have been rolling around um, in your head, especially at a heightened um, place, because you knew that we were going to be talking about this, which mm-hmm. I really appreciate. Yeah. So. And like I said, it's something that's just on my mind constantly, but particularly it's been on my mind in the past couple months. So. We've already talked about in our Talking to Teens episode, we have to acknowledge our kids are being raised in a world that has way more challenges than ever before. And I think... Very different kind of challenges. Different challenges. Yeah. I feel like they have all the same challenges we had, plus like... Plus more. 70,000% more. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that um, I try to get myself in the headspace of, because my kids will say to me, Mom, you don't understand. It's so hard. And my first reaction is, yes, I do. I was 14 once. I was 12 once. I was 16 once. It's not the same. Like we have to honor the fact and recognize, yes, the same principles apply, but what they are going through is not what we went through. It It is different. It just isn't. And they are dealing with so much more. When we were little and teenage years and whatever, I didn't have cell phones as a part of my upbringing. Mm -hmm. And so if something went wrong at school or if girls were mean girling against me, I could go home and completely disconnect and forget to step away from whatever was going on and take that time at home to recharge, to like be by myself or play with other friends or whatever. I had that recharge time. And the way things are with technology now is depending on your level of what your kid's 
have access to in your house, there is no break. Right. Because it's not just being mean at school or feeling left out at school. It's feeling left out on social media or Mm -hmm. text threads or even church activities. Like this extends so far past school now that these kids just don't have any time and space to recharge. And when they don't have that recharge time, there is no time for them to be building up and really thinking about who they are, what they're about, and building that internal, you know, self-esteem, building that thing that tells them you're awesome. Even if you're alone, it's okay. Like they just don't, there's so many distractions. They don't have that opportunity. I feel like some people and these types of conversations might say, well, then the solution is just strip away the media, strip away the social media, strip away the phone, strip away the technology. And I believe you and I both share that belief that the solution isn't about taking all of that away. That is not the solution. Mm -hmm. We need to be smarter and more intentional about how we all use technology um, and social media and so forth and helping guide our kids through navigating that as well. So just for what it's worth, this episode isn't, isn't enti- take it all away. No, right. It's not fear-based because here's the thing. When we act out of fear in any situation, in any of our lives, our result is not going to be what it could be. Yes. It's it will true. taking social media and phones away from your kid, eliminate a problem in the moment. Yes, for sure. But it, a, it won't eliminate the problem entirely. Right. And B, they are not going to understand how to navigate and cope with those tools. Right. 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 And everyone is going to have technology, media, social Mm -hmm. media, things like this in their lifetime. So let's just navigate through it together. And when you were mentioning earlier about how much more challenging our kids have it these days, I just want to validate every parent who's listening to say, we feel you. We as parents are going through things that parents have never had to deal with before either. Mm-hmm. We're all struggling and triumphing together in right. this day and age where everything just seems to be excelling at high speed mm-hmm. rates that we've never seen before. So we're on the same team. That's what I'm trying to say. Totally. Just remember kids, parents, all of us, anyone who has anything to do with being involved in kids' lives, we're on the same team. And times yeah. are changing and they're changing fast. Um, but let's do this together. Let's do this together. And not in fear. Let's give each other a little grace to, like for my kids, my, my oldest is 14. He doesn't have social media. <clears throat> That's not a rule we have. It's just something we've decided together and it might be totally different for my other three kids. Mm-hmm. For him, that's just kind of what we've come to together as a consensus. For right now and for, for that right child. For right now and for mm-hmm. that child. Yep. Um, you, we all have the agency, we have the inspiration, and we have all the tools we need to help our kids to make the best choices, to help them to build self-esteem, to have self-confidence. Like nobody is better tasked for the job to help your child than you. Yeah. Really, you have everything you need. So this is not fear-based discouragement. This is let's share information and do this thing together. We're doing it. Let's do this. Okay. Seriously. So the thought that has been rolling around in my head as I have a teenager is, and, and I have just been thinking about, as I always am, how can I help him to know how awesome he is? How can I help him to build up the kind of confidence that will help him to stand against whatever is coming? Because you can't eliminate unpleasant emotion or unpleasant experience from your kids' lives. That's where we're like the elimination tactics are not really successful, right? They're not sustainable. They're they not make sustainable. Sense. And no. then they don't learn. And at some yeah. point, they're going to be out of your house and thrown into everything. And you want them to have this established 
sense of who they are and what they're about to know their worth so that they can go forward doing anything when they're ready when they're 18 and have no restrictions that mm-hmm. that they're ready to handle that. Well, and that only comes with struggle, with it challenges. Does. We we cannot wrap our kids in bubble wrap as many times I as totally, we want to. I want to. I've said so many times, man, I just want to move to like a farm somewhere far, far away and just with You've my kids. You've mentioned that so many times that I'm <sighs> really kind of surprised it hasn't happened yet, it's, but I'm really well, glad it's not going to happen because that's not, that's, that's not, not what's best for my kids. Right. Like that cures a symptom, but doesn't cure right. the disease. Removing ourselves from the world isn't a solution, number one. And number two, it's not what's best. Like it's really not. Although in the moment, yes, I want to run away all the time. Well, we've all heard being in the world, but not of the world. There's something Mm -hmm. to say about that. We're all in the world. We should be in the world. We exist. We're humans. We're going to face all sorts of stuff. It's joyful. That's a blessing. And there are ways to navigate this Mm -hmm. being in the world. There just are. being consumed and being of the crap that's not letting the world determine who you are and and guide your choices right so absolutely this phrase that has been going around and around in my head is that the time for defensive parenting is over Mm. and the time for offensive parenting is is now like this is what we need to be doing seriously and I don't mean offensive like go offend people I mean like football like let's talk football right (laughs) so defensive parenting to me is like we're going to protect you from the bad. We're going to make sure nothing gets in. We're going to um, help you to maintain your innocence and your goodness by just keeping you away from anything that could hurt you, right? Doesn't it also mean like as things come up, you just like try to tackle them without having some sort of groundwork laid? Yeah, like, that's what that's I a think good of point. when I think yeah. of defensiveness. I think like you're not even prepared. Or worse, you try to solve the problem for your kid. Oh, don't. Because I totally want to do that all the time. I know you And do. have to fight my inner <laughs> Beverly Goldberg to not do that oh, all the time. So you're Beverly Goldberg and I'm Randall Pearson. Yes, I love correct. it. We've, we both have we identified have a great show. with TV show, shows. Yeah. So offensive parenting is we have these kids they're in the world. We cannot change the world, the entire world. Yeah. You can't change people by mm-hmm. nagging or saying or you just that doesn't work. And so what can we do? We have to teach our children to be offensive. Offensive in their lives, offensive in their worth, offensive in their spirituality. We have to teach them that not only do they have to avoid the bad, but they have to create the light. They have to be the ones that stand up to create the light. And when you create light, when you start to begin that process of creating light, you cannot help but have self-esteem be a bri- be a, bri- a byproduct of that. How do you do that? How, how do you – it's more than just saying to your child, you're a light. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not asking you to have the solution. Oh, I haven't. Don't you worry. <laughs> See, I put you on the spot and you still win. You still win. I'm not saying I have all the solutions, but I have some ideas of lots of classes. You guys know I'm like a learning junkie. And so lots of classes I've taken about this and little bits and pieces that I have pulled that I am finding to be really successful um, in combating these kinds of situations and making my boy and my other kids what did he say? I said, I want you to be a wide receiver. We were talking about this this morning, my son and I, and he brought up a really good point. He said um, that we already know who the quarterback is. Mm. So don't we want to play on the offense? 
And we, we had been talking that? about it. And then I said, buddy, oh. I want you to be the wide receiver. Wow. And he said, mom, is that because that's the only position you know on offense? And I said, correct. <laughs> so he Same was here. making all these analogies of like tight end, I think is one, and a center. And it was a really cool conversation. That's but awesome. Go be Weston. on the offense, man. So a class I took a few years ago was talking about parenting. And sometimes I get caught a little bit in um, – not knowing, like I can talk myself in and out of two completely different parenting strategies, like in the same five minutes Mm, where I just don't know, like, should I be harder on my kids? Should I be softer on my kids? Like I can literally argue both sides of the same coin over and over again. You are describing my mom life, my mom brain every day, every day. (laughs) I feel the same way where I could totally do it this way or I could, some things are Mm -hmm. black and white. Let's be honest. Some things just are. But you can argue both sides of the coin at any given moment for most situations, which makes parenting so complex. So it really complicated, does. And right? that's why it's individualized for every family and kid. Totally. Something that one of those cancer lessons, you know, taught me, as I've said many times before, is like I seriously micromanage sometimes, which causes my children to definitely be successful because I make them be successful. And <laughs> The lesson I learned there was the pullback lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Like it improved my relationship with my kids so much to pull back and to allow them to fail. Mm-hmm. And so this More. class that I attended was talking about this very same thing. And I went to it like two years before I actually applied it. And then when I applied it, I was like, oh, wait, I think someone told me to do that two years ago. Ooh. Darn it. Okay. How did you remember it? You just It just came it? into my head. I might have been looking back through old notebooks because I take notes everywhere I go. Time out. Got to say this. What? I've got to say this. When we take notes on things that we're learning or feeling. Mm-hmm, both, for sure. Even if you never look back at the notes. When you write the thing down, it does make a stronger impression. It than cements you, it in your head. It does cement sure. it in your head. So mm-hmm. another shout out to documenting of any kind, because sure. when you do that, it really does ingrain it even deeper into your heart and in your mind. So yes. And then when you're looking for inspiration with parenting, there's a pool of knowledge to pull from mm-hmm. where like something can be pulled out of your brain because it's already there. It's there. Do you know what I mean? It's just waiting to be uncovered. Exactly. Okay, so sorry, DL. And I feel bad. I don't even remember the name of the teacher. It was at an education week class I went to. And education so- week is something that happens at Brigham Young University every year in the mm-hmm. summer. You can look it up online. Anyone can go. In fact, I think this might be my first year of going. Oh, I'm going. Oh, you I know you're hold going. me back with you have, wild horses. You tried to get me to go last year, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't. And I knew it was not the right season. But this year... I'm dying to go and sit in class after class after class and just learn and absorb and soak it all in. And these are people who actually have legitimate knowledge and expertise in the mm-hmm. field of which they're speaking they're about. They're leaders in their field. There's, yeah. there, I mean, topics, so many classes, topics ranging from um, parenting with small kids to the scriptures, to the savior, to agency, to health and wellness and mental health. I mean, religious guy, non-religious totally just amazing. So in this class, this guy said, um, that that one guy, this one guy, (laughs) he was a dude, awesome dude. And if I ever can find what his actual name is, we will totally give him credit. But, um, he was saying that he had had this struggle with parenting of, of, of trying to force your kids to be successful. And why do we do that? We don't do it because we're trying to be a jerk and like make ourselves look good. Although sometimes if we look really deep, that may be part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So why do we do it? I think it's because we see in our kids their potential. And when they don't live up to their potential, 
even though we did the same thing as a teenager, it boggles our mind and we're like, you are so much better than this. That's totally Don't what I Don't sell think. yourself short. Right. Like go and – and let's just all acknowledge what an unrealistic expectation that is. Like, but don't a be a teenager. Thought. Be a 45-year-old <laughs> and know your worth and do this thing. Like, you can do this, right? And that kind of thinking. We totally do that. Doesn't, it doesn't work. And so he gave a really good um, analogy. And he said, okay, this is, this is how they have found success. And it really resonated with me. He said, I will let my kids fail the test. I will absolutely give them the agency to fail the test, right? Mm -hmm. But then I will not let them fail the year. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Totally. Small failures. Small failures in a controlled environment are good. And more than that, they are necessary. Kids have to taste failure if that's what they need to taste Mm -hmm. to grow and to learn. Mm -hmm. And you take it to – you don't want them to fail the entire school year – because then it limits their options, right? You want to give them controlled failures that aren't going to limit their life choices or their options in life. You can They can experience those things without making long-term damage, I guess, mm-hmm. to their life. And I, I was qu- like, hmm. I have a quick example of that yeah. that just happened um, just a couple of days ago. And it's small, but it illustrates what we're talking about. So we go to school and crew as crew was about to get out of the car when I was dropping him off at, at school, he was like, wait, where's my backpack? And I looked at him like, cause I instantly knew mm-hmm. he didn't have his backpack. Right. And, and I said, oh, bummer, right? Mm-hmm. Bummer. You don't have your backpack. And he looked at me like, you're going to go home and get it right. He didn't ask, but I kind of knew where his yeah. brain was going. And I'm like, now, you know, I'm not going to go pick it up for you. So you're going to go and you're going to have a great day and you're just going to explain to your teacher that you don't have your backpack and you don't need to tell her that you did prioritize the Rubik's Cube because that <laughs> certainly made it into the car. Right. But my point in bringing this up is it was small. It wasn't going to ruin his career. Right. Right. He's not going to get an F and I wanted fail him the whole to year. Fall. No. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to fall. And if any of you have read La- 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 Love and Logic. <laughs> Thank you. You knew where I was going I with totally that. I totally know where you're that going with that. That is something that I read a long, long, long time ago. And this is an example where I could have freaked out. I could mm-hmm. have been really upset and discouraged and thrown the whole you're better than this in his face because mm-hmm. he is better than that. But what's the point? Nobody wins with that. So my demeanor and my response was really quite calm and actually really delightful. Like, oh, buddy, you get to learn about this. Mm-hmm. You get to learn that there's consequence naturally that happens when you mm-hmm. forget to bring your backpack. And you know what? You're still going to have an awesome day. You're going to crush it. Go be kind to people. Have right. fun. And I'll see you after school when I pick you up. Anyway, read the book if you haven't. We'll link to it in the show notes. But um, but these are small fails that our kids should have. Mm-hmm. This is natural yeah. life, right? It is natural life. And I love that you said that you were kind about it, that you were calm. I was totally That calm. you were kind. You made the failure mm-hmm. a safe place and a safe thing. And I love that because you better believe when your kids fail like that, they're going into school feeling like garbage already. Right. Their teachers are likely going to be annoyed with them. Mm-hmm. They're going to be suffering a whole slew of social consequences for their actions that we have got to be the safe place. We have to be the place where where failure is not condoned. It's not like, oh, that's okay. It's totally fine. Right. No, but you failed. Let's acknowledge that. I'm here to help you. This doesn't mean you're a failure. Exactly. I love you regardless. It's going to be okay. Let's work together. Like you have to be that safe place because I don't think that we realize even all the social consequences our kids 
are dealing with every day. And in addition to social consequences, and this is the topic, the greater topic we're talking about here, it's mm-hmm. their own self. Mm-hmm. Like he, when crew does something wrong, he immediately is like, oh, I'm such an idiot. And yes. I shut that down real fast. Yep. You are not an idiot. Mm-hmm. This is not stupid. You are not worthless. Like you got to shut that down straight away because that is not the truth of this of the situation. Totally. You made a mistake, and guess who else made a mistake today? Me. Made many and of And everybody them. else on the whole earth. Exactly. Right? So. And we are going to talk about that vocalizing in, in just a minute. Oh, but first, it. so tasting defeat, tasting failure in a safe environment is totally good. You're doing your job as a parent if your kid is having safe failures, right? And important. Equally yep. important. For sure. Is tasting victory. Equally important to tasting defeat is tasting victory. They have to feel what both sides of the coin feel like. And so how do you set your kid up for success? Like how do you give them those things that they're successful at? Because there kind of is some little things that you can do. What I want to say is that it is so important as parents that we are not puffing our kids up with these like vague, like you're awesome, you're the best kid ever, and oh, I just – those comments it's so good to express love to our children but those nondescript like things they don't ring true which they don't ring true to our kids when when I say to Weston which I do all the time and then I have to like backpedal but you are the best kid ever you are so amazing do you know what he's thinking in his head you have to say that because you're my mom Hmm. but what if I said buddy I saw today I saw you try so hard on that assignment and that was really hard Good job, man. That was awesome. That's, that rings true. You know why? why? Because he knows he tried hard on it. Yeah. The, he getting earned specific that comment. is a game changer in how we have that dialogue with our kids. Because every one of us wants to say to our kids, you are awesome. Mm-hmm. And we really feel that way. We do. But I hadn't thought of that before you said that, that our kids' perception is, well, you have to say that. I just didn't think of it that way. And I'm, and I give, I'm very specific with my kids, like Mm -hmm. you're suggesting. Um, but it makes me want to take a step back. Um, when I go to say the generalized compliments, because that's what they are. We just want to gush all over their cute little faces. I know. Yeah, I know. And it's, and it's difficult because you can't lie to them with compliments because when you're lying or when you're like exaggerating what the truth is, they realize that and they think you're full of it and they're not going to believe you. So you're saying words. They are. They totally are. (laughs) The same way if someone's like, you are the best person on earth, I'd be like, okay, well, clearly you haven't (laughs) met a lot of people. (laughs) That's not going to ring true to my soul. You know what I mean? Right. So one, one thing that we have, um, done and there is actually, um, a talk that we are going to link in show notes that we took a lot of, a lot of information from, um, it's called raising a sin resistant generation. And we are going to be linking that in show notes. So if you are interested in that, you can take a closer look, but one thing that we have found that works really well, um, and one thing they talk about in that talk is giving your kids small attainable goals, right? We have to help them to taste the victory because I know at, at my kids' school, it's really hard. Getting A's is really, really hard, really hard. And I don't know that in all situations um, that that's something that can totally be achieved, right? I'm not going to tell my kid, oh, you can go do a marathon. You can do it, honey. Go do it, honey. You can do it because he's not going to be able to do it unless he has all these goals leading up to that big goal. Mm -hmm. So let's focus instead of 
on big goals. Let's focus on small goals, which let's be honest is how teenagers interpret the world anyway, is like the next five moments, the next five days. Like let's keep our goals small. So Taylor and I do interviews with our kids. And when I say interviews, it's just one-on-one time um, with our kids. I do something with my son every Wednesday where we have talks and my husband actually goes and does these him and uh, Weston go running in the mornings uh, before school they go running and he's able to talk to him about what's going on how he's doing and and what things are important to him in that moment and um, when they started running I remember Weston hated it like he hated it so much because he was getting up at like 5 30 to go run miles and miles with his dad like yeah and and now he loves it but they made these Mm. small attainable goals even even let's just talk about running okay today we're gonna run a mile and not stop and then he did it Mm -hmm. and then Taylor took the moment to say dude you set that goal and you accomplished it way to go what do you want to do next and he pointed out all these little successes that Weston has had, right? All these little successes that that they can accomplish together. It's like going back to you you let them fail the test and you don't let them fail the year. Well, let's think about that in terms of success. Have them get an A or a B or whatever that goal is on a test. Or if your kid is having trouble doing their homework, let's have them do homework for one day. Let's have them do homework and work hard for one day. Keep it to just one day. Anyone can do anything for one day. And then at the end of that day, follow up and say, how did it go? How did your goal go? How do you feel? How do you feel? Dude, you did it. You did it. You t- I'm so proud of you. Way to go. I saw how hard you worked and you did it. And you know what that kid is? You're putting a deposit into their little bank account of like, mm-hmm. I can do this. I Wait, I, I'm not stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm not lazy, which is all these messages are getting bombarded with. Is there anything you do like that? I know. I'm sure you do interviews and goal setting with your kids. We don't. <laughs> Well, I'm shocked. <laughs> no, um, I am. I am such a goal setter, and I have been careful to not um, force things that are so important to me on my kids. So I'm really, right. I'm pretty careful about that to not be so overboard. Mm-hmm. And so the way that it's worked for us with goals in particular is take Claire, for example. She is of the age where she's starting to take a natural interest in setting goals and writing them on her little whiteboard in mm-hmm. her room. And so my role that I've decided is to validate that and to make sure that she feels total ownership in that and mm-hmm. that it's not my idea. Right. And I've been really thankful and blessed that she um, has been the instigator of that more yeah. because inside I'm like having a dance party. Mm-hmm. I am so thrilled that my girl, my only daughter, mm-hmm. is like on that path to right. personal progress is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. She knows how to set goals and how to follow up with them, but I'm her cheerleader. That's my role. Right. And so we, we have conversations about them. I look at the board with her. Yeah. How are you doing with that? That's really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, comments like that. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right about the small, be, having the goals be really small and attainable because I think if we, if we say to our child, um, you know, something that's just giant, even if it spans a week or a month, that Mm -hmm. kind of feels like too big. But I will say that one of the things that has been really grounding for us with goal setting is to talk about the very biggest goals as well. Mm -hmm. So for example, Porter has a specific college he would like to get into. Mm -hmm. And 
it's not easy to get into that school. Right. And so we talk about that from time to time. If he slacks off on something and it is a small goal, we remind him, if you really want to get in, mm-hmm. this is going to have to be a priority. So how are you doing with that? You mm-hmm. know, and we, I, I take any inner Beverly urges <laughs> and I squash yes. them and I do nothing for him. Mm-hmm. I am his cheerleader. Yeah. And that leads me perfectly into the next thing. So these small attainable goals, checking in, helping them to celebrate their victories, right? And and I love with Porter what you're saying is you can even you're helping him lay out the small goals that are leading to his bigger goal, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And kids all have dreams, and that's so good. We want our kids to dream, dream and big. we want them yeah. doing something today. Yes, because I have I well I know a lot of people, even adults, with big dreams that are not doing the thing today that supports that. Also, there's a tornado maybe outside of my window. <laughs> so if funny, you hear some wind. I know that they can't hear any of yes. that, but we both look at each other like, what Whoa! is happening? <laughs> okay, if we blow away, just it's fine. check on show notes. It's fine. <laughs> Anyways, I love that you said that you are their cheerleader because, again, when we make parenting about ourselves, disaster happens. And yeah. sometimes our checking in can turn to negativity. Let me give you an example. Paint the picture. I at. mean, I've never done this, but right. I'm sure there's someone out there who maybe has but I sure haven't um I have some kids I have four kids I have some that are extremely academically motivated Mm -hmm. just because they're driven Mm -hmm. that way Mm -hmm. and I have some who are totally driven to reach the expectations I have set for them (laughs) (laughs) to make sure that it does not interfere with their ability to have privileges and do fun things there you go both are fine. There's not one that's totally, better than the other, that's right? right? Totally um, okay. I have to be very careful that when I get frustrated, when I see my kids not reaching their potential or maybe even not reaching the expectations we've set for them, sometimes I might say something like, "Are you kidding me? What are you thinking? Why why do you not care? Is there a reason why you don't care? It's so dumb. What what are you what what are you doing? You're creating all this work for yourself? Like I just please help me to understand. Mm-hmm. That is the most negative. I've told him he's dumb. I've told him he's lazy. I've told him he doesn't Whoa. work hard. Wow. And this is that message that yeah. he it is it is tearing down every piece of like the small attainable goals. Yeah. It's tearing it down. And so I had to take a step back and take the emotion, take my emotion about whatever he decides to do completely out of it. Hmm. And I love how you did that with crude. Sorry, dude. Bummer. That, man, that, I feel like that's really going to create more work for you. And, and I'm, I'm sorry for that. Have fun with that man. natural consequence. Exactly. You're going to be just fine. But-, but you need to take your emotion out of it because I was looking, it takes seven positive comments, seven to cancel out one negative comment, okay? But I'm not just talking about parents. I'm not talking that it takes seven positive comments for every one slip up you make, which we all do. We all love our children, but we all lose it sometimes and say things in a way we wish we hadn't. And that's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow when you're a parent. But here's what I want you to think about. When your kid walks in the door from school, how many negative comments have they had at school? Because our positive comments, we're, they come in. I'm like in a huge deficit already, just mm-hmm. interacting in the world. Mm-hmm. So how much more important are our positive comments? Because we have to combat all the negativity they're getting everywhere else. Now, that doesn't mean that 
we don't still parent them. Oh, of, of course, course not. That's our role. But there's a way to parent but- and set expectations where it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Sorry, dude. Oh, man, that stinks. You're going to not have your backpack at school today, but you're going to do it and you're going to be great. Mm-hmm. That's a natural consequence that's still parenting, but it's taking out the emotion and the negativity and like that projection mm-hmm. off of it because we don't want to become that negative voice in their heads. That's why I love love and logic so mm-hmm. much because you can still deliver all of the same messages of correction and guidance yes. without any of the emotion that sends us in a tizzy that mm-hmm. totally puts us off the path, you know? Yeah. It happens. And on that note of, of, correction and parenting and and really what it is is setting concrete parameters Mm -hmm. um in your family that work for you but there's this quote that i found that says children are great imitators so give them something great to in to imitate Ooh, and i know who said that so actually it's in that talk yeah but there is no it's anonymous oh is that, that originally talk. is mm-hmm. so that was a quote oh. in the talk but it's thank from you anonymous. anonymous for that anonymous i want to meet anonymous anonymous <laughs> has really dropped some amazing quotes into it's my true. life anonymous we love you mm. but we need to make sure that the things we are telling our kids and this was actually as i was talking through this content with my husband something he came up with is we need to make sure that we are true to our word with our children that means in positive ways and most importantly, that means in the setting of parameters. Yeah. If we are not consistent and keep our word with our kids. Um, well, then we're a joke. We're a joke. Then they're not taking us seriously. And they're not taking themselves seriously. Mm. When we are not consistent and true to the things we say, it causes this completely unsteady, unbalanced, not sure. Um, when you're unclear about your expectations, it causes a lot of additional failures because there's miscommunication. Mm-hmm. And I've also had that happen a few times mm-hmm. where one of my kids thought they were doing what the parameter was and I wasn't clear enough. Right? Right. And so yeah. keeping our word to our children, if we say we're going to do something, we darn well better do it. If yep. you make a goal with your kid that you guys are going to do, I don't know, we, Taylor and Weston had one one time where they were going to do like 100 push-ups a week or something or a day or a day sounds like a lot. Sounds Maybe insane. it was a day. I think your it was a day. is insane. And Taylor's <laughs> like, well, oh, I got to do my push-ups. I'm like, baby's in bed like Taylor said no I I have to do this like I told him I would and I'm I have to do it so if you make a goal with your kid be true to your word show them by example that yes you are true to your word and you keep the you keep the commitments you make by the way that's called integrity let's have it integrity let's do it do you know let's be that I made t-shirts for integrity for um a church camp we went to a few years ago yeah and I made shirts. <laughs> oh, if only. I made a shirt with Ryan Gosling's face on it. Okay. Because <laughs> he was like the girl's favorite back then. Uh-huh. And I think this was before Claire was in the youth program. And the shirt said, girl, I really dig your integrity. Oh, my gosh. So Ryan Gosling <laughs> likes integrity. If that's helpful to you we in all any do, right? way. Oh. Going back to that imitating thing, though, too, is I want to talk about vocalizations. And okay. so... If I am a parent who's like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to add salt to the cookies. I suck. Right. If I'm like, right. Oh, I look so fat. I have, I can't, I can't, I, I just, I can't, I'm not going to, I just look so fat today. I'm so dumb. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe I forgot that. Oh, I'm the worst. Mm-hmm. What do you think your kids are going to imitate? Can we pause? 
let's pause. Can we pause? Because I think that feelings are being felt by many people who are listening to this right now in a, in a way of self realization. This is not to make us feel bad. This is not about guilting or shaming or any of that. I Mm -mm. think that my, one of my favorite things in life is having aha moments when I'm like, Oh, I didn't even realize that that's what I was doing. Allow yourself to feel that if you're feeling that with what Becky just said, because I'm pretty sure that most people don't even know that they do this. That negative self-talk serves no one. And it especially doesn't serve your children who absolutely model. They're going to imitate. They're they're imitating what you model. That's Mm -hmm. what I meant to say. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're making your failures... Or your insecurities. Or your insecurities. Mm -hmm. If you're modeling that when you fail, that equals that you suck. Mm -hmm. When they fail, they're going to think it equals that they suck. I think this single-handedly can change the self-esteem in our children if we're more conscious. And in yourself. Well, And in yourself. Right? For reals. Right. We have to be responsible for the things that we say, and we have to make them responsible for the things that they say. There's actually like science behind this. So Mm. the law of attraction is a universal law that states that like attracts like, right? Meaning so positive energy attracts things like positive energy to itself. Negative energy attaches, you know, or attracts negative energy, Totally true. Yep. And we've said this before. Our brain will look for evidence to support your thoughts. And then your thoughts will become your reality. If I am thinking in my head negative thoughts about my child and then I vocalize those thoughts, they become their thoughts. And when that happens, these thoughts, this law of attraction, it attracts that bad behavior. It attracts that negative self-talk and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. We have got to be so much more intentional and I'm putting myself right here on this boat with with the things that we say, the things that come out of our mouth because our brain believes the things we say. Our brain doesn't realize that sometimes we're big fat liars and your brain will look for evidence to support what you're saying. It is so crucial for kids to not take their failures and vocalize them as attributes about themselves mm-hmm. oh man oh man and I will add that it is more than just what comes out of our mouth mm-hmm. it's nonverbal communication as well oh yeah with your Good thought, one. with yourself and mm-hmm. to other people and specifically with your children you don't have to say a word for a message to be very clearly sent or mm-hmm. felt be careful yeah be mindful be intentional and everything that we've been talking about keeping that in mind will help to steer you through a little bit of correction and making sure that you're not sending those messages verbal or nonverbal. Yeah. I find that a lot of things happen um, where I'm not on my A game. Mm -hmm. A lot of mistakes are made on my part when I am rushed. Mm. When I am being impatient because I'm rushed or because we're Mm -hmm. overscheduled or for whatever reason, that is when I find myself being rushed and hurried and I don't think long enough and I make those little mistakes And I'm trying really hard, really, really hard to not be impatient. I heard um, a quote and it says, patient, being impatient is a trait of the self-absorbed. And at first I was like, well, that is awful. I do not like the way that that feels. Being impatient is a trait of the self-absorbed. Self-absorbed. None of us wants to be self-absorbed. And at first I was totally like offended when I heard that. Like, how (laughs) dare you? The irony. And then the more it sat in my head that I was like, oh, Oh. darn it. (laughs) 
That's true. And so that is still one that I'm really emotionally Whoa. processing through, but it has really helped me. Yeah. Dude, it's not about me. It's parenting is not about me. Yeah. It's just not. My mess in my house is not about me. My kid's school is not about me. It's not about me. It's not about my expectations. It's about raising these human beings so that they have all the choices and opportunities open to them so that they know who they are, so that they can grow in a safe environment to fail and Mm -hmm. to succeed and to take all those little successes as they build up their sense of self-worth and build up who they are. Mm. Truth. Self-esteem is such, you know, we are living in a world where we're seeing the self-esteem, especially with teenagers, is just so low and it feels so difficult sometimes to know, like, how how is it even possible for these kids to be in this world and, and not feel horrible about themselves? Mm-hmm. And really, I feel like it's work that has to be done as a parent on our end. We have to model that behavior And then we have to teach them that, yes, you are successful. Look at that goal. Look at these small goals. Look at what you've accomplished. Look at what a good person you are. Look at, we have to point out these specific things to them because it's almost like we're teaching them to rediscover who they really are Mm -hmm. and just to drown out the noise of all those extra messages, Mm -hmm. really. Because there are so many messages that are sending the opposite message Mm -hmm. to our children. It is. That we would want them to have. One thing we have on our on a side in our kitchen is the phrase um, "stand out, be different, be a light." Mm-hmm. And when I'm talking through hard days with my kids, I let them know like it's okay that sometimes you're alone, and and that might be the reality. It's okay, but there are more good people out there than bad. And the hard part is, is as you're raising kids awesome kids that are their friends will make mistakes because they're all learning and navigating these relationships and their own self-esteem together. You're putting, Hank Smith says you take the most insecure people on the planet and throw them in one building together and see how that works, right? Serious. (laughs) And it makes me laugh because I'm like, it's so true because we've had so many experiences where my kids have hurt people's feelings or other people have hurt my kids' feelings. And these are all good kids learning and growing together. Mm -hmm. It's not as simple as that person made you feel bad. You don't need to, you don't need to be around them. It's just not that simple, Mm -hmm. right? That's what I'm talking about. Offensive parenting. You have to teach the kids that they can create, create the light and the law of attraction, that light will attract other light to it. And they'll be able to to create a reality in their life that is more positive, even if that means for a while that mm-hmm. they are standing alone. Mm-hmm. And I hope, I hope we're on that path with our kids. I hope, I hope that these kids, I think we are, will be able to continue to to know their worth and to not listen to those messages and to give people grace. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful because my sweet boy. When I make mistakes and I go, uh, you know, go in and apologize, buddy, I'm so sorry. That was so wrong. And I was being impatient and angry and that was wrong. And I'm sorry. He has so much grace for me. Mm-hmm. My kids all have so much grace for me when I mess up mm-hmm. and let me know that I am. The, they always say, mom, it's okay. You're the, I know how much you love us. You're the best mom. And man, I just want to return the favor to them. Mm-hmm. I just want to return the favor to them and any other teenager that I come in contact with or any other person for that matter 
that we are not our mistakes. We're working on this together Mm -hmm. and we can each create the light that we want our life to be. Absolutely. And I, and I love the humbling experience of apologizing to my kids. We Mm -hmm. talked about that in the episode about getting teens to talk. Mm -hmm. Um, but since you mentioned it, I just want to, um, validate that point. And maybe somebody hasn't heard that episode, but having, having the humility and the courage to apologize when you know you were in the wrong Mm -hmm. is a, it's an incredibly refining and important part of being not just a parent, but being a human, Mm -hmm. being a good human. And it's modeling good behavior. It is. Absolutely. It's teaching your children through your actions that failure is okay, Mm -hmm. that it doesn't diminish your self-worth, and that it's okay and helpful and awesome to apologize and to give people the opportunity to forgive you and to move on. And this is good stuff. Oh, I love it. Good stuff. Parenting is tough, you guys. Like we feel you. It is so hard. It is an emotional battle. It's a physical battle. It's it's so difficult, probably more difficult now than it ever has been before. But there is light out there. Mm-hmm. There's light for us. There's light for our kids. And we can cultivate this inside of ourselves, which is going to help to teach our children to cultivate it with inside of themselves. And once they do that, that is what self-esteem is. Self-esteem is having light and positivity and self-worth inside of you. It's not just thinking you're awesome or thinking you're cool or having other people think you're cool. It's being able to stand in your truth with light by yourself if you have to and knowing that that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what the goal is. That's the point. That's what the goal is. And also, these are thoughts. Becky, what you just said, mm-hmm. everything you just said, parenting's hard. There's yeah. light at the end of the t- uh, You know, all of those, these are your thoughts. They are my thoughts. I happen thoughts. to share the thoughts, mm-hmm. but I want to remind all of us also that we get to have the thoughts that we choose to have. Absolutely. I, I recognize and acknowledge um, and understand that parenting is tough. These are still just my thoughts. Mm-hmm. But I look at parenting as such an honor, such a privilege, as you do too, as Absolutely. most of our listeners do. Um, and so when we remember that something you said earlier, of the episode, which was that there's no one better equipped to parent your child than you. Mm -hmm. I really believe that we really are meant to be our children's parent. And when we honor that and respect that for truth and we choose the thought Mm -hmm. that this is our, when we choose to believe that, right. When we choose to believe that, then it changes the way that we not only think of our children and that role and that responsibility that we have, but it also impacts how we feel about ourselves. It does. And it circles right back to the whole modeling thing Mm -hmm. that affects our own self-esteem, which of course has an impact on our offspring. Our Is that a weird word to use? Offspring. We talked about the law of attraction. So I think offspring really fits in nicely. (laughs) My descendants. My posterity. (laughs) It's true though. It really is. So it's true. Take ownership, right? Before your kids get home today, or if they're home, take a minute. I want you to think of a small attainable goal for yourself, not for your kids, just for yourself. Mm -hmm. And to start you off on this cycle, I want you to make a small, probably seemingly insignificant goal for yourself. Something other people might think is dumb, but who cares? Small goal. And then I want you to reach that goal. It shouldn't take more than 24 hours to reach that goal. And then I want you to tell your kids about it. I have to illustrate this. Illustrate. I have Please to do. Share an example. And then we'll wrap up. Um, 
by the way, we have lots of listeners who keep DMing or emailing saying, I really like when it's longer, keep it longer. <laughs> so don't worry, we're not making this over an hour, but um, we're, we're, doing, we're really good. We're in great shape. But I have to share this because of what you're talking about. Small attainable goals, right? Had a pedicure. There I was. There it was. There, there, it, was. Old... there I was sitting in the chair getting a pedicure. Mm-hmm. Every time I get a pedicure, I, I pay $5 more mm-hmm. and I get the callus remover. Oh, of my, course. You know, my feet, we live in Arizona, people. Right? Okay? It is an arid desert. It's rough. Heal ma- maintenance is, is not even an option. <laughs> it's not. So there I was. I'm getting the callus remover and it's, you know, she's just working, right? I watch her biceps. <laughs> like Dumb and Dumber with the, the belt sander. Yes. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen that movie anyway. Oh, dear. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay. I saw it a long time ago and it's not my cup of tea. All right. So callus remover and she's like, you know... You know, instead of it being this, I'm summarizing now, instead of it being this hard when you come in to get, get a pedicure every few months or whatever, you know that they're, why are you laughing at me? Because I can imagine her just covered in your dead skin and her being like, you know, maybe you should. Maybe you could work on some small attainable goals that would make it so that we don't have to have this like pile of skin. rubbish at the end. I'm going to get through the story. I am. Because now now we all have a visual of me getting a pedicure and then the disgusting, you know, pile of, yeah, rubbish. Let's call it that. So, so she said, I have a suggestion if you want. And it's so easy. And I'm like, I'm all ears, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, here's this thing. And it's like, it's not a pumice stone, but it's like a pumice block or something. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to link to that in the show notes. All right. I'll find it on Amazon. Do it. And she's like, you just take this and in the shower, 30 seconds, no more for 30 seconds. Just take soap, shampoo. It doesn't matter what you put on it. Put this on your feet and just go to town on it. But it's got to be every day. Don't skip a day. It's got to be every single day. And then when you get out, you take Vaseline. You know, it's going to be messy. And she doesn't even know me personally, but hello. I'm a girl who loves her disposable gloves, mm-hmm. right? For the disgust, like handling meat. <laughs> I just do. I just do. So, so she's like, you just apply a little bit of Vaseline while you're getting ready. You put the socks on. So the Vaseline's obviously absorbing into your heels, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. You see where this is going. Well, I tried it and I'm like, I can do this. It really, cause you know, I'm like you, Becky, I want to get ready fast in the mm-hmm. morning. Right. But I'm like, I can take 30 seconds in the shower mm-hmm. to do that. And I can take 30 seconds outside of the shower to apply the Vaseline, put on the socks. And then when I'm ready to go, I, I'm good to go. And she's like, I promise if you do it every day, but just don't skip days. Long story short too late. I did that. Mm-hmm. I did it again. I did it again. And I'm like, well, my pedicure's fresh. So mm-hmm. of course my heels are in good shape. And I decided, you know what, that's something small and, a- and attainable mm-hmm. that I can keep up with. I am telling you two and a half months into this, my heels, I don't need the callus remover. What? No, I'm totally serious. <gasps> I'm going to try this. No, like for real, for real. I'm not just making this up. Now, this is a story that I'm bringing up because it's a story I want to share with my kids. I want mm-hmm. to share this idea with them that I am now saving myself nasty heels and feet that I really don't like to, uh, you know, I, bare feet. Come on. It's a humbling experience too, to be in a pedicure <laughs> chair and having that amount of skin fall off your body. Let's be frank. Okay. It's That's so when you look down at your so book gross. and you're like, I can't even make eye contact with you. I'm so embarrassed. But I don't have to, I don't even have to have that surface anymore. I'm gonna save myself five bucks next time I go. You get should a illustrate this lesson. I won't by I will taking not take a picture. No, take no, 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 no. <laughs> take your kids out and be like, FYI, 
You want to know where the money came for this ice cream treat? Oh, Let me tell go. you. Let me tell you. That's Mama has an extra $15 <laughs> because I'm cleaning my feet in the shower. But who knew? Who knew? And I didn't believe it at first. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I want to share this with my kids is I want I want to instill greater trust. I want them to understand that when, when I'm working with them and we're talking through some of these small goals, like say your prayers every day, for mm-hmm. example, or, you know, work out just something, even if it's for 10 minutes, get your heart rate up, do something every day as right. best you can, that sort of stuff. This is living proof. I am living proof of a new experimental daily thing that mm-hmm. I had never done in my entire life that has now changed my feet. Hello. Who doesn't love soft feet? And thus your life. It right? has changed your life. Really? Well, and I love that idea of like goal setting. Um, we talked about in the teens episode kind of those little strings that like tie you as their mother slowly but surely being transferred back to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is one of those experiences where I can I, – I have more open conversations the older my kids get. Yeah. And um, and we check in with each other. We When we yes. goal set, we goal set together. Maybe not even the same goal, but he'll say, oh, I'm struggling with this. I'm going to make a goal for to do this th- this day, this week or whatever. And I'll be like, okay, well, I'm struggling with this. So let me – I'm going to make a goal for this. And then let's check in with each other in a few days that. and see how the other one's doing. Ooh. But it helps him. It just helps him to know the more I trust him, the more I express my trust in him by my actions and by treating him like a human being. Um, I'm seeing those, like they rise to the bar you set for them, but you have to set it in the right way. You have to do it in love and in trust and, um, and it's working and that's it. Right. That's all we got. But I would love to actually hear your thoughts on this because I'm just entering this teenage parenting phase and I'd love to hear your thoughts because I'm sure you guys are all a bunch of experts and have things that work for you. So if you have any suggestions or feedback about this episode, we would love, love, love to hear your thoughts. You can email us at podcast at beckyhiggins.com. Of course, we would love you to share this episode on social media with friends, with anyone who you think might need it. Sharing is caring and we love it. And also, we would also love a review If you like us, if you don't, maybe just ignore this next part, (laughs) but we love you so much. They do. And they make the podcast possible. So please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes, help our podcast grow, help us spread light and help others to cultivate a good life. And as always, if there's ever, you know, you're listening to a whole episode and there's just one or two little nuggets that seem to be striking your heart a little more than everything else, ignore everything else and work on just that one thing or just those couple of things you will feel things that are specific for you. And that's kind of amazing. We're all here together, uh, working through this whole life thing on the same page. And we're honored to be with you guys and to be doing this podcast so that we get to have this ongoing conversation. So we sure love you and we sure appreciate you. And thank you for doing all that you do to cultivate a good life. We'll be with you guys next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. collision with a licorice that's right how are you feeling about that so excited it's gonna change your life because if my husband reacts like that to licorice oh, i can't even wait right <laughs> i have no
no power over the love of licorice you between don't. you and David. It's a true story. Oh, it's true. Taylor doesn't like licorice either. Not not a fan. Why no. can Taylor and I bond over? What Jameson food? actually loves licorice though. Taylor okay. likes peanut butter M Ms are his favorite. Okay, I can do that. In fact, that was my to go snack on a road trip one time, and I think I gained four pounds on the one <laughs> drive straight up. No, for real. That's and awesome. now I think I get sick eating them. Anyway, it we'll bond over that sometime. It might be because you overindulged. Mm, That's why I can't eat salmon anymore. I ate it my whole pregnancy with Wes and barfed salmon up so many times that I can never have it again. Oh, shoot. That's a shame. Salmon's yeah. good. I know. I've just moved to sea bass. Okay. Show off with your fish. I'm fancy. What can I say? You are. 